if you license a song or if you put a song in a project and you don't clear the rights properly, that's a legal liability. People could come after you and sue you for that. So you definitely don't want that. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Omex podcast series Chai Break, where we go behind the scenes to talk with artists, festival bookers, music journalists and other music professionals about their life, their work and their stories, what they do, why they do and how they do. I am your host, Gaurav Narula. was a very challenging year for the music business. While the whole music industry suffered globally due to the pandemic, two particular music business sectors found a way to India and in some cases even grow, music streaming and music licensing. In this episode, we're talking about sync licensing to a music supervisor who works with Seven Seas Music and has been attending Womex for the past couple of years. Seven Seas Music is an online music discovery platform that helps with licensing original music from around the world. Hey Steph, tell us a bit about yourself. Hi, my name is Stephanie Rushton. Um, I am a music supervisor with Seven Seas Music in San Francisco as well as independently. Um, I'm also a chartered professional accountant and I have my own private practice as well as a music journalist and I am based here in Paris, France, although I am originally from Canada. Must be nice to be living in Paris. Um, Tell us about how long you've been working in the music business and how did you get into the music business? Um, not that long, actually. Um, about three and a half years, I guess, or just three years. Um, because my background is accounting. Um, like I said, I'm a chartered professional accountant. That's what I studied in university. That's what I, I worked in in Canada and then as well as San Francisco. Um, and it wasn't until kind of my, um, you know, I worked my way up to be a manager at a very large accounting firm. And um, then it kind of clicked before I turned 30, like Steph, like, you know, why not try what you've always wanted to do? Like, I don't know why when I was younger, I kind of convinced myself that pursuing anything in music maybe wasn't the smartest decision. Um, 
And then, you know, when I was 29, I was like, no, Steph, this is your time. So I had researched two music supervisors in San Francisco because that's always a field I've wanted to, to be in. I mean, whenever you watch movies with incredible music and you see like, oh, the music by or music supervisor, it's like, who is this? Like, what is this job and how do I, how do I get it? So I did a lot of Googling and um, found two music supervisors in San Francisco who are the lovely women who run Seven Seas Music. And um, I started working with them. I had to intern, but then I, I killed it and they offered me a paid position. And that was my whole gateway into this whole world. <laughs> So let's get back to the bigger question. Who is a music supervisor? I'm glad you ask because not very many people know the answer to that. So a music supervisor is generally a person who is hired to work on the entire or oversee the entire musical aspect of a film. So their involvement can kind of vary in the sense that um, some music supervisors work very closely from start to finish with the director, like uh, Quentin Tarantino's music supervisor, Mary Ramos, is a great example. She will sit with him, they'll go through the script, they will figure out what music for what part of the, you know, what each scene in the script, and then she goes out and she clears the rights to use that. She would then also oversee um, any of the the composers that are used to score custom pieces. But then sometimes music supervisors are kind of, you know, more just on the back end. Like if a director already has a vision, they know exactly what songs they want to use. Then they're just going to use a music supervisor to actually clear the rights to use the music in their piece. Mm. Have I 
is a box and I don't sit And I can't fit in it But I'm not too thin I'm just that thick My hair ain't big Just right too blue Too blue for you Too bad you're blind Blind ever mind I can't see your hate you So, so far it sounds fun and creative. Can you tell us where does a music supervisor's job get complex and complicated? The way it actually works in reality totally depends and it can vary. Um, but yeah, generally, I mean, there is a creative aspect and then the business aspect. So the creative aspect is actually helping your client find the right music to help them realize their vision. But then once the fun part's over, you found the music, then you have to clear the rights. And that's the real nitty gritty stuff because you have to find the rights holders to the music, get permission, negotiate the terms, get everybody to agree to the same terms and what amount it's going to license at. And then you actually have to execute the licensing paperwork. And a lot of the time, one of the co most common problems is that you know, directors will want to use a specific song and it's way too expensive or maybe not all the rights holders agree to it. So then they'll go back to the music supervisor and be like, hey, I need you to find uh, replacement tracks. You know, like what sounds like this? What similar vibe to this that we can license? So that's also what the music supervisor would do, would go back and kind of make sure that all the music uh, can be obtained within the budget as well. How does one become a music supervisor? 
great question because what I learned when I was doing all my Googling after I had my aha moment in uh, Silicon Valley was that there is no direct path to being a music supervisor, which is very interesting. Um, there's a multitude of ways you could get into it. Some people might get directly into the music business out of school and kind of work into it that way. Like most record labels and publishers have a synchronization division now. Um, but then a lot of music supervisors also have business backgrounds. Like you'll find a lot of music supervisors are lawyers, for example. They, you know, and it makes sense because a lot of this is knowing the details of who owns the rights, how to clear those rights. Like there's a huge legal element in this that you don't want to mess up because if you license a song or if you put a song in a project and you don't clear the rights properly, that's a legal liability. People could come after you and sue you for that. So you definitely don't want that. So that's the nice thing. It's, it's, um, yeah, there's many avenues to get there, but the best way that I would recommend is like if, if for people that want to get into this, you just have to find a music supervisor and reach out with them and try to work with them. Like that is the way to get into this. Hey, thanks Steph for sharing that. That's quite insightful. I'm sure there are a lot of people who would like to work as a music supervisor or would like to get into this, but often, you know, are lost of how to get into this or where to start. And this is quite helpful. Um, could you tell us a couple of qualities, what you think makes a good music supervisor? So someone who's, um, has a has a very good ear for for music and a depth of music not just one style of music you have to be familiar with a wide range of different musical styles you also have to be able to put your personal preferences aside so that's the thing like the the music that i might like the best might not be the music that's best for this project or that the director wants so i need to be able to find music that they want and be able to tell like okay this song is amazing even though i don't like this and i don't like this genre i can tell that this is a good song of this style of music and it would be a good fit so i think that's really important as well and then I'd say the third thing is, yeah, you do have to have some business savvy. You got to know how to communicate. You got to know how to negotiate. If you can't do that, like, yeah, you can find, you can know all the best music in the world, but if you can't close a deal and if you can't be organized and know how to negotiate good terms, it's not going to work.
could you tell us about one of your very challenging situations you faced as uh, a music supervisor and how did you manage or get away with it i think um there was like during uh the the, the first lockdown period uh back in march like through may um i worked on i have a friend in berlin actually a, a german singer and um she had recorded it was crazy it was like a one-off piano recording that she did of a song for her manager's birthday and facebook ended up being interested in that song um but um there was a bit of confusion over the fact that the song wasn't fully owned by her it was actually a cover song and then that was a whole thing because it's like oh my god now we have to clear the publishing and the publishing's held with universal but the client really wants the song so like i literally thought i aged 5 years dealing with that um i thought i was i, I thought my career was over everything flashed before my eyes so that whole situation made me realize how important it is to understand the rights to your music because a lot of artists like again they'll send me music like yeah you know it's all good to go you know i own all of it and then it's like after a few more conversations it's like oh but actually you have a publishing agreement with sony okay so you know like uh, so that means you don't actually uh, control your music so that's also why i feel very strongly about trying to help educate musicians about what it means to hold and control the rights to your music because that is critical to landing a placement but how easy is it to find a placement um i mean you know with netflix amazon hbo and films and television you know i mean online uh, youtube it's um, it it's booming and there's so much content being produced on daily basis that means there's a requirement for music and there's so much more music being released by artists as well so do you think it makes it like a uh, uh, discoverability of an artist easier or to find sync easier for artists what are your thoughts about that you're absolutely right in the sense that especially now this year with corona um it's become more important than ever for artists to explore this sync world because it is another way to make money outside of touring and etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's very important to be organized and try to get into this uh with that said it's extremely difficult to get a placement it's almost kind of like winning a lottery you know like it's like this is not something to depend on you don't want to quit your job and you know think that you're going to bring in all this money right away so it takes time persistence it takes working with good people who are putting your music in front of the right people um but like you said one of the changing trends and especially like you know a lot of people hate on netflix but i'm actually a fan in the sense that they've done a lot to bring shows from all over the world to the mainstream like a lot of the last shows i've watched have not been english language shows which i think is amazing because they're bringing this to the mainstream with that there's a demand for music from these countries and there's and again because music licensing has become so lucrative everybody always you know wants to find the up and coming artists because they're going to be easier to license and a bit less expensive to license and you know some artists get really caught up on the money like they want to set a super high fee for their music to be used but at the end of the day like this is 
a huge opportunity if you get your music in one of these. Cause like you said, like so many people discover music from listening to shows. Like I know when I watch a movie or a TV show, I am Shazam in a way. And where do you think the publisher's role come into all this? How helpful are they? That's the thing. Sometimes publishers want to work exclusively. They're going to take 50% of the songwriting portion of the shares. Um, and even if they don't get you a sync, if you get a sync yourself, they're taking 50%, you know? So it's like you... Working with a publisher does not always mean um, you're going to get a placement. And that's why there's also sync agencies and approaching music supervisors directly because then they don't take the rights to your music. And they also don't lock you in exclusively. So you can work with many other people. And that's what I recommend artists to do because everybody has different connections. If you want to get a placement, you got to have as many people working for your music as possible. So Steph, you worked in music business for a while. You worked with all kinds of clients. You worked on all kinds of projects. You worked with all kinds of artists from uh, amateurs to professionals. Um, do you have any advice for uh, people who are starting into music business or, or any kind of advice you would like to share? Remember that you have the power to create opportunities for yourself. You know, a lot of people, I think, go through life and they're either too scared to try something or they're worried they're going to be rejected or never hear back. But like, you just have to go for it. You know, that's how you make things happen. And, and it's amazing how if you just try, what can happen from that? So I think just being brave and not being scared of, you know, being rejected or something not working out because at music, especially like, you need a thick skin. You're gonna have people not respond to emails. You're gonna have people tell you they don't like your music or whatever. And you just have to keep going and you have to believe in yourself. That's really what it comes down to. Like, and again, I'm, you know, music is not an easy industry to be in. So you have to have a thick sit skin and you have to know your value and you have to know what you have so that even if you don't know every single requirement that someone wants, you got all this other stuff and you're confident that you can learn it. And you're open to learning it. And I think that's what's more important than actually ticking all the boxes right away. I absolutely agree with what you said. Totally agree. Um, one more question. Can you name one artist who always, who never fails to bring you in a good mood? Right now, I'd have to say Jill Scott. She has a very famous song called Golden. And that's like kind of been my 
theme song lately because it's just such an uplifting song, you know, like living my life like it's golden, you know, and that's what we got to do. Life is golden. You know, it's like everything is magic around us. We just have to see it and have that positive outlook and belief in ourselves to experience that. Hey, thank you so much for the conversation, Steph. It was really lovely talking to you and really informative. Uh, good luck and speak to you soon. Definitely. Yeah, talk to you soon. Ciao. Well, that's it for today. We really hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast and learned more about how our music supervisor works. All the music you heard was handpicked and suggested by Steph. Please check out the description for details or just shazam these artists. They are all amazing. I wish you a good day and good health.